The Science Of on The Money Show. Now, you may or may not have ever heard of the Financial Services Board. It is the regulatory body that whenever you listen to a financial services ad on the radio, the ad goes, uh, XYZ is a registered financial services provider. And many of you email me and say, so what does it take to be a registered financial services provider? Well, we will give you the answer in the next 20 minutes because Caroline De Silva got a very long title. I'll get it once and then the rest is she'll be from the Financial Services Board. She's a Deputy Executive Officer of the Financial Advisory and Intermediary Services at the FSB. That's a very long title. Is that why you know, you're so busy in meetings all the time? Because you're discussing titles all the time. Um, Financial Services Board, in a nutshell, Karen, what is it? Good evening, Bruce. So the Financial Services Board, in a nutshell, is the regulator and supervisor of non-banking financial services. Because the banks have got their own regulator who sits in the Reserve Bank, um, and it's a specialist area. Um, they, the, the regulator there monitors how much credit's being extended and how much risk is being taken and the complexity of banks are separate. So you do insurance companies and investments and that sort of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So the, the Reserve Bank governs the prudential side of the banks. Um, we have some authority over banking where they give advice or intermediary services, but the prudential part is done by the Reserve Bank. Okay, so Financial Services Board then would regulate the insurance companies and in, uh, long-term, short-term insurance companies and anything to do with investments. I suppose the easy way to break it up is to talk about the regulators in the Financial Services Board. So you've got me that starts that's the registrar and supervisor of authorised financial service providers, anybody who gives advice or renders an intermediary service. You've got a regulator of collective investment schemes and, and uh, one of capital markets and most recently credit companies or credit uh, rating companies. And you've got the regulator of insurance companies, both life and short term, as well as the pension funds regulator. That's like six or seven regulators. Yeah, five regulators. Okay, five. Five deputy regulators under right. one main regulator. Okay, so there are five of you keeping an eye, a beady eye on the financial services sector. The financial services board's mandate then is to make sure that ordinary South Africans, as best as you possibly can, don't get ripped off. Absolutely. So our primary mandate is to protect the consumers. Um, also to look after the stability and the integrity of the markets, um, but primarily to look after the consumers. But it goes wrong so spectacularly often, doesn't it, in terms of consumers who are perhaps not as vigilant as they could be. Maybe the Financial Services Board could be more vigilant, where we have lots of scams, whether they be Ponzi schemes or whether they be fraudulent schemes, whether they be people who, through various forms of skullduggery, manage to get themselves into legitimate schemes and uh, and then <laughs> bastardise them. I mean, there is an enormous amount of fraud around. Well, if I can put it in a very simple analogy. So in the South African roads, because motor cars and petrol is topical at the moment, you have to have a license to get on the roads. That doesn't mean that everybody who gets on our road is licensed. It also doesn't mean that everybody who gets on the road obeys all the rules. And everybody who has a license knows exactly how to drive and get themselves out of a sticky situation. Yeah, so when we look at authorising financial service providers or licensing companies, there's some hurdles and hoops you have to go through in order to get a licence and you have to meet those minimum requirements. Once you are licensed, you have to meet um, an ongoing compliance um, uh, with the with the FSB, and also we receive a lot of complaints from customers, uh, determinations from the ombud, anonymous tip-offs. We get compliance reports. We do on-site visits and supervisory regulation to try and maintain that regulation. But there's always those who are going to break the law and those that. Uh, Unauthorized. Ultimately, we've seen, and we've seen it come through very clearly, for example, in the micro-lending sector, which is not, I don't think, under your ambit because it falls under the banking regulator. But you only 
regulate people who want to be regulated. I could operate in the twilight zone of the financial services sector probably for years without being found out because I operate in a community that's unlikely to report me or my scheme might work so well that people don't want to uh, rock the boat. And that's why people like Barry Tannenbaum, for example, and others probably got away with their uh, schemes for a very long time. The sad things about Ponzi schemes or pyramid schemes is that customers usually only complain about them when they start losing money. And when that, things, when yeah, by then it's all wrong. gone. Yeah. Um, and, and that's, the, um, that's the, the need for consumers to be aware. When you're dealing with financial service providers or anybody giving you advice in a product or an investment, make sure that they're an authorized financial service provider. You can do this very easily by getting onto the FSB website and just checking up who's regulated, who's registered, and, uh, what comfort should the fact that Joe Bloggs Financial Services, a financial intermediary or financial advisor or a broker, whatever he wants to call himself, he has got he is he's authorized by the Financial Services Board. What comfort should that give me? Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. If you want to become an authorized financial service provider, there's there's a couple of um things you need to be able to do in order to get a license. One, you have to make sure that your company, your key individuals in that organization and your representatives are fit and proper. And that fit and properness doesn't just go to your honesty and integrity. That goes to your competence. It goes to your qualifications. And you've just been through quite a painful process of re-registering financial advisors, for example. Registering financial service providers. And they have to have minimum qualifications. They also have to have minimum experience. But they also have to write regulatory examinations to make sure they understand the rules of the game, understand the FAES Act. Um, And that's every representative who gives advice or renders just an intermediary service to customers. The financial service provider itself has to meet other requirements such as solvency, minimum solvency requirements, ongoing compliance reports. It has to submit statutory returns. It is subject to on-site visits from the FSB to make sure they are continuing to comply with the the Act. Um, So, yeah, we do our best to make sure that everybody does comply. But uh, as you say, there are some out there who just won't register and we rely on customer complaints in order to find them. I'm talking to Caroline De Silva. She's with the Financial Services Board. We're doing the science of the FSB this evening, the idiot's guide, if you like, to the FSB, trying to understand better what the Financial Services Board does. Your rights uh, and your recourse through the Financial Services Board, if you've got any particular questions, do give us a shout on 021-446-0567-011-883-0702. Caroline De Silva, at your disposal this evening. The, the email I get most from the Financial Services Board is an email saying, Joe Bloggs Financial Services has been uh, has had its license taken away. It, it generally operates in a small bloodline town, um, and it's a, a, a one-person show where they've got ahead of themselves and they've started behaving unethically. How many of these companies do you deregister every single year? So say you are no longer fit and proper and not worthy of the uh, licensed financial services provider accolade. Yeah, I can't give you the numbers off the top of my head in terms of withdrawals of licenses and... and uh, it feels like one a week. Suspending. It's, it, it's quite it, a lot. It's numerous, but it's not only just the small financial service provider or the independent and the platinum. I mean, a couple of weeks ago, you had the, the discussion on the debarment of a senior representative at Old Mutual. Now, I was surprised by this because I didn't realise that it was fairly commonplace, but Old Mutual, for whatever reason, decided to take this guy out and hang him out to dry. Um, is that common? Because here you've got these massive companies that employ people on good faith like all companies do and they got they got let down yeah so so we have two two methods of dealing with that financial service providers have to by law once they're registered manage all their representatives they have to make sure that their representatives are fit and proper competent to give advice and qualified to give advice and have the experience to do so 
if at any time these financial service providers find that their representatives are not meeting those standards, then they are obliged to take them off their representative register and debar them. And this means that they... If That's not, a form of self-regulation. It's, it's, it's a statutory power, I suppose, given to financial service providers once they've got a licence. That's an obligation on them. Um, very often a financial service provider won't report his representative or is in cahoots with his representative and in this regard the FSB has its own authority to do its investigations and debar people and withdraw licences. But it's that much more difficult because you're two or three steps removed from the process. Well we rely on customer complaints or competitor complaints or even complaints from within the organisation. By then, tragically, the damage is done. If one person is complaining, chances are there are five or six others who haven't yet realised that they're being badly treated. Yeah, well, um, I joined the FSB in September last year. Within day three, (laughs) within day three, we had a a complaint on a Ponzi scheme, a pyramid scheme. Now, nobody goes out and says, I'm a pyramid scheme. What they do is they pretend to be an authorised financial service provider or they pretend to be doing investments. Um, and um, as recently as last month, we managed to get that pyramid scheme, its assets frozen uh, by, by working with the asset forfeiture unit um, in liquidation so we can spread the assets to back to the investors. But of course, as I mentioned, very often customers complain only when they start losing money. At the beginning of a pyramid scheme, they're making huge returns. Um, so the warning to customers has been made very clear. If it sounds too good to be true, the old adages, it is too good to be true. But isn't it funny that that is true today as the day the first person who said that um, said it? And we should know it. I mean, we really should know it. If somebody's offering you 30% returns on your investment, it's too good to be true. You're going to be ripped off eventually. We saw the elite of South African business society being taken for a ride by Barry Tannenbaum. You've got to read Rob Rose's book to realize that there were real hardworking people and top business leaders who were also taken for a ride. Lots of people got badly hurt. Mm. Unfortunately, we all suckers for a good story. Mm. And, uh, you know, money sometimes is the root of all evil or greed. Or so. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and people put on blinkers while the going is good. Barry Tannenbaum's many customers, celebrity customers in the United States, will pay the price for the rest of their lives, as is he uh, in prison at the moment. Caroline De Silva with me this evening. She's Deputy Executive Officer at the Financial Advisory and Intermediary Services at the Financial Services Board. Um, Scott in Durbanville with an interesting question for us. Hello, Scott. Evening, Bruce. Evening, Um I was just listening, and, and uh, one of the things is, that, you know, you talk about thirty percent returns is obviously it's good, too good to be true, and, and that's fair enough. But what, in, in in sort of your your panel's opinion, is that balancing line, that fine uh, line between what's a good return, let's say, you know, 18 percent, because a lot of those schemes they start off like that, and the first people in make money. Um, but where as a normal consumer on the ground, where should you start census-wise looking at going cheaper? This this is actually sounds too good to be true. Because um, 30 is quite high, but let's say it's 15. Is that also no, high? Good, it's a great question, Scott and Deborah. Well, sorry, your, your line isn't great. But, um, yeah, so what is too good to be true? Yeah, I suppose that is a very good question. It changes over time, and as the markets change, it also changes. But I think the best advice I could give consumers is anybody you deal with in the financial services market, anybody who's giving you advice and offering you investments, 
go onto the website of the FSB, www.fsb.coza, and check that they're an authorised financial service provider. If you have any doubts, you can always raise an alert with the FSB and we'll do the investigation for you. But, but, okay, let, let's do it in the, the old-fashioned way of selling, for example, life insurance products or insurance products of any kind, um, and I don't think it's done very much, if at all, anymore, um, they'd be giving you anticipated returns. So you buy this product, and if you get a 12% compounded return over the next 20 years, you will quadruple your money, blah, 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 blah. That's the way in which many of these products were sold. They were misleading. There was no way that you were going to get X amount above inflation. So do we say, you know, if you get 5% above inflation, you're doing pretty well. Anything beyond that you need to interrogate a bit more carefully? Yeah, I'm... The FSB also, through the through the Financial Advisory Intermediary Services Act, is also tightening up on disclosures to customers, also making sure that they're more meaningful and more honest. We've also just published the advertising and uh, advertising standards and marketing standards, which go to you know the the puffing, as it were, from insurance companies, making sure that that puffing is made clear that this is puffing, this is not fact. So, <laughs> yeah, so, we're lying to you in this advert, but if you buy our product, we'll give you four million rand return. That's absolutely awesome, but you know this is not true. Uh, T's and C's apply. Um, because that's what a lot of advertising sounds like. Yeah. So the advertising standards are, are very important in order for us to... Um, mm identify where there's puffing, and then take action against those insurers. Okay, so the difference between a, a, a decent return, I mean, if you're getting 5% more than the JSE gives you, let's say, for example, the JSE returned 22 or 23% last year, and, and you get somebody saying to you that they can give you 30% this year, you are on a hiding to nothing. Anybody who guarantees you a return above market returns is is, is got to be challenged. Just Scott. be suspicious. Yeah. They, and and, and, and <clears throat> check whether or not they're registered. Now, again, I would go back to the point, so somebody's registered with the Financial Services Board and I get ripped off. Mm. What The money is gone. You're not going to give it back to me as the Financial yeah. Services Board. You can take action against the person who ripped me off for whatever reason, whether they made a mistake, whether they were actually fraudulent, whether they were dishonest. There, there will be a comeuppance for them. Yeah, But so it, it doesn't give me any protection on my capital. It doesn't however. necessarily give you um, protection on your capital. We do as much as we can. Obviously, we will withdraw licenses to bar people. We pass it over to prosecutors. We, we have the authority to give them prison sentences and, and to prosecute and to, to lay penalties against those people. We also, where we, where we can and where we do step in is where we find that there are customers being ripped off and there's still assets left in the company. We can ask for a creatorship of those organizations and manage those creatorships in such a way that we get as much investment turned back to the customers or to the investors as possible. Okay, and that, and that is assuming you get to the scheme early enough and while there's still yeah. assets that haven't been uh, dispersed and ripped off. Yeah, that's, that's true. Um, when we we look at the, uh, the the your powers of investigation, um, if somebody is not registered as a financial services provider yet they are offering financial services to the to the public, you have got that power to investigate them, provided you get a complaint. Yes, absolutely. In most of the acts, sort of all of the acts that are governed by the the financial services board, there is a requirement to be registered and an automatic. Um, Offence if you are rendering a service or an insurance product or anything without being authorised, and uh, the the offences um, can be criminal prosecution and there can be severe penalties in terms of financial sanction. How many complaints are you getting a year at the Financial Services Board of people who feel ripped off? Oh, I wish I had those numbers for you. We have a, a few channels of complaint. Uh, 
I can get them for you. They're probably on the website. So we have a, a tip-off line, an anonymous mm. tip-off line. A lot of customers like to complain anonymously. But let's say, for example, you've got a 1,000. Mm. How many of those are settled in the complainant's favor? Because a lot of these complaints are massively technical. Maybe mm. people have bought things they haven't fully understood. Maybe there's so many variables when it comes to whether or not I've actually been ripped off. I feel ripped off, but I may not have been ripped off. Maybe it was my own stupid fault or I was ignorant or whatever the case might okay. be. So you've got to understand as well that individual customer complaints about unfair treatment, um, there's an entire ombudsman structure set up for those complaints. The ombudsman structures have the right to force compensation for those customers. So you've got the phase ombuds, the short-term ombud, the pension ombud, all of those ombuds. And those look at individual complaints and for compensation of the consumers. What the Financial Services Board do is we register those companies and make sure that they're compliant in terms of treating customers fairly. And where they offend, we'll punish or, or, or sanction the company, but not the individual consumer. Tabiso, quick question from you in Pretoria. Hello. Hello. I, I just have a small question uh, to your guest there. With regards to uh, disclosure and transparency, under which circumstances does the intermediary or agent is not compelled to disclose the commission or originator fee that they will get from the respective uh, supplier of the product? Great, great, great question, Sabiso. Sorry to cut you. Commissions, are financial services providers obliged to disclose what they are earning? There are no circumstances under which an intermediary may not disclose. An, under, an intermediary is obliged to disclose everything that he earns and everything he earns from the insurer. And, and if they refuse, the walk away. If they, confu- if, they, if they refuse, yes, walk away, but also report them to the Financial Services Board because it's a breach of treating customers fairly. It's a breach of the financial advisors. Treating customers fairly, fairly new concept in South Africa. It's all part of a new regulatory regime, bringing all of the regulatory powers in South Africa, banking regulators, insurance regulators, um, all of these regulators under one banner. When does that happen? Well, treating customers fairly is the principles of treating customers yeah. fairly. The Twin Peaks regulation is a a proposal to um, make regulation more effective, more intrusive and more evasive, as it were. And it separates prudential regulation from market conduct regulation. And the architecture bill has already been published for comment. The comment is due on the 7th of March. And uh, with the elections coming up, and we don't know quite when the elections will be, it interferes with the parliamentary process, but the the bill should be passed sometime in the first half to the second half of this year. Well, then we will reassess the regulatory regime. My thanks to Caroline De Silva from the Financial Services Board this evening, dispelling some of the myths and giving you some sort of insight as to your rights and uh, repercussions for people who behave unethically in the financial services space.